Phil, that was uh, Dr. Rick Hansen, uh, uh, terrific guy, very articulate, very honest. Uh, you know, that question that I asked him, which I often ask folks about, is our uh, mind and, and body separate? Is, is there a consciousness without neurophysiology? Most people will give you a very strong answer, which is usually based on belief. He was all, he was there. He said, look, he believes it to be the case, but there's certainly no proof of it. Uh, but intuitively, he, 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 uh, I'm sure, feels it. And, he, and I, I would think he's right, but I don't know. But anyway, yeah. a very, a very. Uh, me too. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to, you know, meet in on the astral plane and discuss this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thirty years. Uh, who knows? You know, it's like these. Are, this is an answer. Everybody will find out whether they like it or not. Yeah. So it's, no, uh, I know. Ultimately, some things are unknowable. But on the other hand, there is the experience of transcendence, and you know, one can and that's what i'm basing it on i've had the the sense the inner experience of of something of being awake and being more than my body uh i always love what walt whitman said i'm i'm not confined between my hat and my boots and i you get that sense um, but some people could just say, no, nah, that's just an artifact of something happening in your brain. It doesn't mean it's true. And, and that could, you know, that's the uh, ultimate refutation. And you just have to come back to uh, some things not being provable on the, right. in the usual we don't sense. answer every question with scientific evidence or whatever. A anyway, but um, what he talked about, tranquility... And you bringing up what's going on now, like you said, it's it's May 7th, is it, or 8th? Today is the 7th. 7th, 2020. We're in the midst of this pandemic. And, you know, it's forced a lot of people to go inward. Uh, you hear people are lonely. You hear people. So all the, the it's intensified all of our feelings, I think. And yeah. uh, so we have to go inward sometimes for those resources. And I think people that do practice meditation, people that do practice yoga, people that have spiritual prayer, whatever, uh, that, that is effective and that they enjoy, uh, that these are tools that are obviously very uh, uh, helpful at this time. And I think more and more people are uh, seeking those tools out because of this. The problem is now you can only learn anything you want to learn online or from a book. You can't learn anything. Now, there's the something. Computer. Yes, that's true. And you know, as the author of a book called Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times, you know, which is... Uh, now tell us about that book, not just to promote it, but I think it's a very important well, uh, 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 information. <laughs> it's very important information to have at this well, time. It's, yeah, it's scheduled for July. It was written last year, not, you know, and then suddenly the pandemic happened. So to their credit, my publisher said, we can't rush out the print copies, but we can rush out the electronic version. So if you have a Kindle or you read on your computer or your, your phone, you can download it for only $1.99. What just, can people expect to find in that book? That there's might... a lot of practices. And it's interesting because when I wrote it, I said, you know, you, if you're going to, when I was writing about meditation, which I consider a sort of the centerpiece of of a a, a good a sadhana, a good spiritual routine. 
Um, I said you should learn from a reputable teacher in, in uh, the appropriate way, not knowing that you, you, there was no way to, to you know, meet in person <laughs> with a reputable teacher at this moment anyway. But I do have instructions that, you know, for people who want to experience some form of meditation. But there's also a lot of other practices that are reasonable to put in a book and uh, an audio book and that sort of thing. So I have a lot of uh, practices in and around meditation and things that we should be aware of in the midst of our lives. Um, so the book is filled with that stuff. But I, I, I don't want to you know, spend, we did a session no, I mean, I, I of think, you interviewing uh, no. me. But one thing I do want to say is, and I think Rick would agree, um, we're in a, a time when people who are, lucky enough uh, to treat this as a kind of sabbatical or uh, retreat can go in inward and, and spend more time doing uh, contemplative and spiritual practices, spend more time introspecting in silence. That's a luxury. There are people, you know, suffering out there, people in great pain and uh, I think it's also a spiritual practice for us, us to uh, find ways, even though we, you know, we have to stay home to find ways to help the people who are in trouble and are suffering. And that, too, is a spiritual practice. Right. right. So I think between Phil's book and, and, and Rick's book, because, <laughs> of course, is seven practices, uh, explore seven practices of highest happiness. Yeah. Great time to do that. And again, you just pointed out, I think it's an important point to make, that uh, these practices to go inward, to develop our tranquility, our inner depth, our transcendence are very important, but also a spiritual practice, especially when we are feeling tranquil and full inside, is to use that fullness, to use that tranquility to go out and help those people that are that are suffering. And right now, I mean, I was listening on to something on uh, one of the radio stations on, on recently, uh, just this morning, about people that are out of work. They're not going to get their jobs back. They can't pay their rent. The government says you don't have to pay your mortgage for three months, but at the end of three months, you have to pay it. Yeah. They have kids. Are the kids going to go back in school? The kids are being unsupervised. So big, big problems. Uh, that and, 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 of course, in the third world, things are even more dramatically difficult for people. So... Um, Let's, yeah. uh, those of us who, who are feeling, and I I would say that Rick I'm sure uh, addresses such things even though when like me when he wrote his book he had no idea we we're going to be in the situation we're in but coming from a, a strong Buddhist perspective as he does there are methods in his book for cultivating compassion and and gratitude and <clears throat> the uh, emotional qualities we associate with um, uh, and behaviors that we associate with right. expressions of deep spiritual practice. So, very yes, good. very he good. Was terrific. He was terrific. Yeah. Very articulate. Yes. And it's good to know um, the, uh, the the progress and the evolution that the science of uh, spiritual practice has uh, taken over the years. Because you know, we, you and I, go back to when it was. Right. A big revelation that, man, something measurable and quantifiable happens when you meditate. It's in your brain. It's your blood pressure, all this stuff. And that was primitive. 
those right. those methods of of uh, research were really primitive back then, and now they're very very sophisticated. So that's great. All right. Okay. Another, uh, another great guest. All Until right. Next time, Phil. Okie dokie. Next time.